Welcome to Patients in Their Own Words, a patient-centricity podcast by ZS. I'm Fiona Taylor, Principal and Lead of ZS's Qualitative Expertise Center and Patient Insight Practice. As we continue our own path at ZS to move beyond patient-centricity and become more patient-led, we cherish each opportunity to hear a patient's story. In 2022, we created a patient community at ZS called the Patients as People Collab. It's about patient engagement, co-creation, and most importantly, listening to each patient's voice. We called it the Patients as People Collab because while to the healthcare system, each of us might just be a patient with MS or multiple myeloma or a rare kidney disease, that is only part of our identity. And in designing solutions with patients and for patients, we need to ensure we take that more holistic view. Join me in listening to the stories shared by members of our patient collab. My name is Mary Ann Hislop and um, I'm 70 years old. In 2019, I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. And it was kind of a funny way of how I was diagnosed because I had an appointment for my sleep apnea doctor. I do have a, um, a CPAP machine that I use. And so every once a year, they check me to make sure everything's going okay. And so I had an appointment with her and she, you know, asked me all kinds of questions of how I'm doing and everything. And, and she's a certified doctor. And so I, I just happened to notice, I told her, I said, my ankles and my legs just seem swollen. My feet are swollen and I don't know what's causing it. So um, she, she didn't ask me any other questions. Um, she just said, well, you know what? You should see your primary care right away. And um, I just thought maybe I ate too much salt and it's, you know, I'm having um, water retention or something. So that's why she called. She took it upon herself. While I was in the office, she called his office and said, you know, she needs to get in right away. So they saw me within a day when they could fit me in. And he looked at my ankles and my feet and said, yeah, let's let's get some more blood work because probably about four years before all this took place, I fell on some ice and broke my wrist. Well, that's, you know, a lot of people fall and break their wrist. That's not a sign of anything dangerous, but he had that in mind thinking, well, I know she's got osteoporosis because I've been diagnosed with it. So that's why he sent me over to the cancer center, which is connected to his office buildings. Um, and it's part of the Rush University um, group of, of hospitals. And so that's when they did more intensive blood work and they found the multiple myeloma. So um, if it wasn't for that, that doctor, that my sleep apnea doctor, I probably would have just gone on for months and months until, you know, my next um, annual appointment for blood work. And then that doesn't even pick this up. It had to be a, a specific type of blood test to find this. It wasn't something that I would, my doctor would find in the regular annual blood work. So that I really, really owe <laughs> um, a lot to this doctor. And I told her the next time I had a meeting with her, I told her how thankful I was. And, and she was like, oh my God, you have cancer. I feel so bad. 
I said, no, I, you caught it. You helped me catch it early enough. So thank you so much. So that to me was above and beyond what she needed to do. Um, and so, you know, I was really thankful to her. And I think my primary care was very thankful to her too, because she got something that, you know, he wouldn't have caught. So they started me on meds right away. Um, they, the cancer center, they sent me to the cancer center in um, Rush University in the city in Chicago. I lived in the suburbs. And because that's the only place uh, that had the um, uh, stem cell transplant, which they said I'm probably gonna have to have. But while that was all going on, I had a back, really sore back, and it came to be that I had um, three cracked vertebrae because um, I, I have osteoporosis and they think, oh, well, your, your bones are weak. You just have, you know, well, it turns out most of the multiple myeloma cancer was in my spine because they did a PET scan and it showed up, it highlighted where the cancer was and it showed up mostly in the spine. I understand it can be in other parts of your bone um, because it's in the bone marrow. Um, and I had multiple bone marrow biopsies done that also confirmed the level of multiple myeloma I had. And I was diagnosed at stage three, which is the highest stage. There is no stage four in multiple myeloma. So I began the treatments, but I also, in the middle of those treatments, well, I, I was um, given a couple of kyphoplasties, which are minor back surgeries where they uh, fixed my cracked vertebrae, okay? Um, and it also, <laughs> while I was in the hospital having that stuff done, my gallbladder had to be removed. So, so I had a gallbladder removed a couple of days after my back surgery. So um, I had my stem cell transplant at Rush University on February 11th, 2020. So I just celebrated my three-year anniversary um, of being uh, in remission. It's not gone, but it is in remission. About eight months ago, um, my husband and I uh, retired and moved to Arizona. I connected with Mayo um, Clinic out here um, with the cancer doctor that specialized in multiple myeloma. Um, I was lucky to get in. I happened to have an inside connection. I have a daughter that's a nurse there. So I don't know if that made any difference. But anyway, uh, I was able to get in. And so he basically sees me every month. Um, and I go in for blood draws and then he, you know, sees me the next week and says, okay, you're looking good. Everything's stable. You're still in remission. Um, come back next month. Now I've had wonderful support from my family. I've been married to my husband, Mark, for 48 years. We have five grown children, four grandchildren. I'm one of 10 children. So I have five sisters and four brothers. So they came out and visited me. Most of them live in Arizona. 
So now I see them more often, um, but they would come out and visit me while I was going through this whole process. So, so that helped family, you know, of course, my kids all came out to visit me uh, when I was <laughs> going through all of this. So it's a good excuse to get your kids to come out and visit because they were in different states. So they did come out and spend weeks with me visiting, you know, and um, and then I had good support from um, uh, nurses that would come every day, um, home health care nurses. They would come and check on my uh, temperature, my blood pressure, just make sure everything is going OK. Uh, and I had an occupational therapist come every couple of days because um, she was helping me with my um, just stability, balance, uh, being able to eventually going up and down my stairs because that's where my bedrooms were. But um, we did set up a, a day bed kind of in our sunroom. And so I spent a lot of time in that room. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, I had great support. One of the things I really enjoyed was going, uh, connecting with a, um, a support group for multiple myeloma um, people. So that was great. But right after I connected with them, COVID took over. So we ended up doing Zoom meetings every month. But we would meet once a month on a Zoom meeting and talk about how we're doing and, you know, what treatments we're having. And uh, if we had any questions, that was great because the moderator was very informed and she knew her stuff. And she had multiple myeloma herself. So, so that was very helpful. The doctors were very good to me. They answered all my questions. The PAs also, when I would meet with that, with them, they would have the answers I needed. Um, so they were wonderful. Just the nurses, you know, I was in the hospital for 16 days for the whole stem cell transplant. When I was going through this whole process, um, they connected me with not only um, a financial person, but also um, uh, somebody that would talk about my um, diet, what I should eat and all that kind of stuff. But the financial person was very helpful. They, um, you know, put me in touch with grants and each grant was like $12,000, but the medication wasn't cheap. So it covered my cost of the medication, which was about $1,200 a month. So when one grant would run out, they would get me the next grant or the same grant that they would reissue from the company that was giving the grant. Um, so they did all the research on finding the grants for me. Um, at one point, um, uh, some of the grants ran out and they just contacted, or they told me to contact the company that makes the medication directly because they will provide it under certain conditions, you know, financial conditions. Well, we had retired by then so our, you know, income was lower, but um, it didn't matter to this company. And so I get it sent to me every 28 days because that's how many pills they send me um, with no cost at all to me. One of the challenges I had while I was going through this whole process was it was hard for me to slow down. Um, I'm used to being a very active person. I was in sports, playing tennis for 40 years. I was had five kids. You know, I was a soccer coach, a Girl Scout leader. So I was used to going, going, going. And this 
hit me at the age of 67 and I wasn't expecting it. So um, that was one of the challenges, forcing myself to slow down and don't expect much from myself. I, I um, you know, got out of a lot of obligations and I had a good excuse. You know, I said, hey, I got cancer. And they were like, oh, okay, <laughs> you can get out. You know, so so now I use that as an excuse with my sisters when they come to visit. I would say, hey, I should uh, get a free dinner from you guys. After all, I have cancer. And so they got tired of me playing the C card all the time. So but um, but anyway, so, you know, I joke about it. It's something I have. I have to live with as far as advice, what to give to people that are going through this. I say, you know what, don't give up. It will get better. It was, you know, and the nurses and the doctors kept telling me that when I was going through that in the hospital. Don't worry, it's going to get better. You're going to get past this. This is the valley. You're going to come up on the mountains here pretty soon. So I, you know, I kept that in mind. I tried to keep a positive attitude about everything that I was going through. And now, you know, I feel great. I go to Silver Sneakers, which is an exercise program for silver people, <laughs> old people. So I go to that twice a week. And then I still do physical therapy because I did develop some, um, uh, some, process, some problems from the chemo treatment. One of them was I developed neuropathy. And they said, you might get it. And sure enough, I got it. Some people get it just temporarily and it goes away. Some people get it forever. And I think since I've had it for three years, it's not going to go away. But I take medication for it and I move a lot and that seems to help. So it's in my hands and my feet, uh, the neuropathy. Um, so, you know, I just, that's one of the side effects. That's the word I was trying to think of. I, that's one of the side effects I, I got. And then another side effect that I had was um, lymphedema. So one of my legs, especially the lower part, fills up a little bit with lymphatic fluid. And so I get treated for that. So that's why I go to physical therapy. They massage my legs and, for, and then I do some exercises for strengthening my muscles, my legs, you know. Um, so it's almost like having a personal trainer um, work in me and I do that twice a week. So between that and the silver sneakers, I'm trying to keep very active. Um, you know, that, you know, the problem of just slowing down and realizing, you know, I got to take one day at a time and be thankful for every day that I wake up every day. I have to be a real conscious of blood clots because the medication I take has, has that as one of the side effects so I take a, a blood thinner, um, so, but I'm very conscious of it. Um, you know, I think the doctors and the staff have always been very uh, open with me with the side effects and uh, what, what things to look for if, if I'm having problems, you know, if, if I have any bruising or excessive bleeding or whatever. So um, that's been very helpful too. I say join a support group. That has been very helpful to me. Um, I haven't found one out here in Arizona yet, but my um, I have to talk to my cancer doctor and say, hey, do you have any support groups in this, this area, Phoenix, Scottsdale area that I can join? Because I do like to have a social network where we have everything in common. Um, it's, you know, even people with 
um, uh, lymphoma, that's also a blood cancer. So if it's a lymphoma support group, I don't care. We all have the same cancer in the blood. So, um, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to is, is joining a support group and meeting other people with the same issues um, that I have. My hope for the future is to um, live a long, healthy life because um, some of the guest speakers we've had in our support groups came and they had it for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. So here I've had it for three years and I'm like, oh, wow, I could go to be 90 <laughs> and I'll still have it. But so my hope for the future is to continue living here in this beautiful state of Arizona, um, getting to be more active, um, seeing my grandkids more, even though two live in Michigan and two live in Hawaii. I, you know, I'd like to be able to go visit them more. Um, you know, I want to get more uh, physically active um, because we live kind of in a, a hilly mountainous neighborhood. We're kind of on the side of a mountain. And so I have to take 10 steps just to get to my front door. <laughs> but um, so uh, I just want to get more active so I can hike more, go on hikes with my husband, um, you know, just just go on trips with him. So I'm looking forward to a very active and fun-filled future. Um, so I'm not worried about multiple myeloma doing me in. Uh-uh. I'm stronger than that. You can find our book, Reinventing Patient Centricity, at Amazon.com. You can find us at ZS.com. The opinions expressed by the patients in this podcast are their own. Until next time, our executive producers are Samantha Keys and Georgiana Moreland.